TED Audio Collective. What would your life look like if you could control the world with your mind? Brain-computer interfaces, or BCI technologies, began as primitive experiments in the 1970s. This tech promised a future where brain signals communicate with and command external devices. It might have looked like something out of a sci-fi movie back then, but today, developments in this field are rapidly advancing. I'm reminded of Elon Musk introducing Neuralink in 2017. He had the idea that we could implant computer chips into the human brain to improve cognition, memory, and attention, making it possible to interact much more directly with artificial intelligence. So, as we experience the dawn of a neural revolution, I wonder how brain-computer interfaces will do more than just be wacky and crazy ideas that entertain us. I'm Sherelle Dorsey, and this is TED Tech. Kana Rusamano, a neurotech entrepreneur, takes to the TED stage with a special guest to show us how BCI technologies work. Going beyond pure entertainment, he demonstrates how it can help people living with disabilities. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as-is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. You're growing a business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate, no coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hackers and cyber criminals have always held this kind of special fascination. Obviously, I can't tell you too much about what I do. It's a game. Who's the best hacker? And I was like, well, this is child's play. I'm Dina Temple-Raston. And on the Click Here podcast, you'll meet them and the people trying to stop them. We're not afraid of the attack. We're afraid of the creativity and the intelligence of the human being behind it. Click here. Stories about the people making and breaking our digital world. AI machines. Satellite. Engine ignition. Click here. And liftoff. Click here. Every Tuesday and Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
I became obsessed with the relationship between the brain and the mind after suffering a series of concussions playing football and rugby in college. I felt my mind change for years after. I was studying computers at the time, and it felt as though I had damaged my hardware and that my software was running differently. Over the following years, a close friend suffered a serious neck injury, and multiple friends and family members were struggling with crippling mental health issues. All around me, people that I loved dearly were being afflicted by ailments of the nervous system or the mind. I was grappling with all of this while pursuing an MFA in design and technology at Parsons, when a friend and fellow student showed me an open-source tutorial on how to build a low-cost single-channel EEG system to detect brain activity. After a couple long nights of hacking and tinkering, I saw my brain waves dancing across the screen for the very first time, and that moment changed my life. That was the first time that my mind had been meaningfully quantified. In that moment, I felt as though I had the possibility to help myself and the people I loved, and I also realized that I couldn't do it alone. I needed help. So, in 2013, in Brooklyn, with some like-minded friends, I started OpenBCI, an open-source neurotechnology company. In the beginning, our goal was to build an inward-pointing telescope and to share the blueprints with the world, so that anybody with a computer could begin peering into their own brain. At first. We were an EEG-only company. We sold brain sensors to measure brain activity. I thought that's what people wanted. But over time, we discovered people doing very strange things with our technology. Some people were connecting the equipment to the stomach to measure the neurons in the gut and study the gut-brain connection and the microbiome. Others were using the tools to build new muscle sensors and controllers for prosthetics and robotics. And some were designing new devices and peripheral add-ons that could be connected to the platform to measure new types of data that I had never heard of before. What we learned from all of this is that the brain, by itself, is actually quite boring. <laughs> Turns out, brain data alone lacks context, and what we ultimately care about is not the brain, but the mind, consciousness, human cognition. When we have things like EMG sensors to measure muscle activity, or ECG sensors to measure heart activity, eye trackers, and even environmental sensors to measure the world around us, all of this makes the brain data much more useful. But the organs around our body, our sensory receptors, are actually much easier to collect data from than the brain, and also arguably much more important for determining the things that we actually care about: emotions, intentions, and the mind overall. Additionally. We realized that people weren't just interested in reading from the brain and the body; they were also interested in modulating the mind through various types of sensory stimulation, things like light, sound, haptics, and electricity. It's one thing to record the mind; it's another to modulate it. The idea of a combined system that can both read from and write to the brain or body is referred to as a closed-loop system or bi-directional human interface. This concept is truly profound, and it will define the next major revolution in computing technology. When you have products that not just are designed for the average user, but are designed to actually adapt to their user, that's something truly special. When we know what the data of an emotion or a feeling looks like, and we know how to make that data go up or down, then using AI, we can build constructive or destructive interference patterns to either amplify. Or suppress those emotions or feelings. 
In the very near future, we will have computers that we are resonantly and subconsciously connected to, enabling empathetic computing for the very first time. In 2018, we put these learnings to work and began development of a new tool for cognitive exploration. Named after my friend Gall, who passed from ALS in 2016, we call it Gallia. It's a multimodal biosensing headset, and it is absolutely packed with sensors. It can measure the user's heart, skin, muscles, eyes and brain, and it combines that capability with head-mounted displays or augmented and virtual reality headsets. Additionally, we're exploring the integration of non-invasive electrical neural stimulation as a feature. The Galia software suite can turn the raw sensor data into meaningful metrics. With some of the sensors, we're able to provide new forms of real-time interactivity and control. And with all of the sensors, we're able to make quantifiable inferences about high-level states of mind things like stress, fatigue, cognitive workload, and focus. In 2019, a legendary neurohacker by the name of Christian Byerlane reached out to me. He was actually one of our very first Kickstarter backers when we got started early on. Christian was a very smart, intelligent, happy-go-lucky, and easygoing guy. And so I worked up the courage to ask him, hey, Christian, can, can we connect you to our sensors? Uh, at which point he said, I thought you would never ask. So after 20 minutes, we had him you know, rigged up to a bunch of electrodes, and we provided him with four new inputs to a computer, little digital buttons that he could control voluntarily. This essentially doubled his number of inputs to a computer. Years later, after many setbacks due to COVID, we flew to Germany to work with Christian in person to implement the first prototype of what we're going to be demoing here today. Christian then spent months training with that prototype and sending his data across the Atlantic to us in Brooklyn, from Germany, and flying a virtual drone in our offices. The first thing that we did was scour Christian's body for residual motor function. We then connected electrodes to the four muscles that he had the most voluntary control over, and then we turned those muscles into digital buttons. We then applied some smart filtering and signal processing to adapt those buttons into something more like a slider or a digital potentiometer. After that, we turned those four sliders and mapped them to a new virtual joystick. Christian then combined that new joystick with the joystick that he uses with his lip to control his wheelchair, and with the two joysticks combined, Christian finally had control over all the manual controls of a drone. I'm going to stop talking about it, and we're going to show you. Christian. Welcome. Essentially, we've mapped one of each of the four muscles onto X-positive, X-negative, Y-positive, Y-negative axes. Okay. So that, you know, if he flexes a muscle, it influences the cursor in that direction. Got it. Right? And so after that, we, we've taken that joystick and, and can combined it with his lip-based joystick. And so but what we did is we put Christian's mind or body in the drone from this perspective. So we have a camera on the drone. Christian's wearing a VR headset right now, and he's looking through the VR headset. And what we've done is we've mapped the camera feed into that VR headset, and we've overlaid this HUD on top of it that is his biometric data. He's got eight individual commands. It's up down, strafe left, strafe right, turn left, turn right, forward, and backwards. 
his wheelchair has only four commands because it only needs four commands. It's a 2D plane that he that the wheelchair lives mm-hmm. in. The drone has a third dimension. So that's why, um, you know, we had to add controls for that. Christian has repurposed dormant muscles from around his body for extended and augmented interactivity. We have turned those muscles into a generic controller that in this case we've mapped into a drone, but what's really cool is that joystick can be applied to anything. Another thing that's really cool is that even in individuals who are not living with motor disabilities, there exist dozens of dormant muscles around the body that we can tap into for augmented and expanded control interactivity. And lastly, all the code related to that virtual joystick, we're going to open source so that you can implement it and improve upon it. There's three things that have stood out to me from working on this project and many others over the years. One, we cannot conflate the brain with the mind. In order to understand emotions, intentions, and the mind overall, we have to measure data from all over the body, not just the brain. Two, open source, technology access and literacy, is one way that we can combat the potential ethical challenges we face in introducing neural technology to society. But that's not enough. We have to do much, much more than that. It's very important, imperative, that we set up guardrails and design the future that we want to live in. Three, it's the courage and resilience of trailblazers like Christian, who don't get bogged down by what they can't do, but instead strive to prove that the impossible is in fact possible. And since none of this would have been possible without you, Christian, the stage is yours. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm excited to be here today. I was born with a genetic condition that affects my mobility and requires me to have assistance. Despite my disability, I'm a very happy and fulfilled person. What truly holds me back are not my physical limitations. It's rather the barriers in the environment. I'm a tech nerd and political activist. I believe that technology can empower disabled people. It can help create a better, more inclusive and accessible world for everyone. This demonstration is a perfect example. We saw what's possible when cutting-edge technology is combined with human curiosity and creativity. So let's build tools that empower people, applications that break down barriers, systems that unlock a world of possibilities. I think that's an idea worth spreading. Thank you. podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. 
To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. TED Tech is part of the TED Audio Collective. This episode was produced by Nina Lawrence, who also wrote it with me, Sherelle Dorsey. Our editor is Alejandra Salazar, and the show is fact-checked by Julia Dickerson. Special thanks to Farah DeGrunge. If you're enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review so other people can find us too. I'm Sherelle Dorsey. Let's keep digging into the future. Join me next week for more. Thank you.